Thanks for listening to Victory's podcast today. Connecting people to a life-changing relationship with Jesus is what we're all about. For more resources or to reach out to us, go to victorychristian.church. All right, are you all ready for the Bible today? All right, I'm going to open up with John chapter 4, verses 13 and 14, and it says this. It says, Jesus answered, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water I give them will never thirst. Would you say never thirst? They will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become in them a spring of water welling up to eternal life. Hallelujah. We need that water. Amen. Let's pray. Father, thanks for this day. Thank you for an opportunity, God, to just set aside time for you, God, to worship you and to give you thanks and God, to remember your love and and God, to honor you. We just thank you for your faithfulness and your goodness. Thank you for your pursuit of us. And we just say, yes, God. Yes, Lord, we, we thank you for your relentless love. And Lord, teach us to love well like you love. Lord, today, as we come today before you, Lord, open up our hearts to your word. Lord, instruct and write on the tablets of our hearts today. And Lord, I pray for the empowerment and the leading of your Holy Spirit, God. God, let what's in your heart be imparted today. We thank you. It's in Jesus' name I pray. Amen. So last week, we started a new series called Smart Water. And we're talking about the woman at the well with Jesus in John chapter 4. And we're taking three weeks to talk about this account because really it's a a real masterpiece in Scripture, this whole story and the way that it was put together. Last week we talked about the fact that Jesus even being in Samaria uh, and being in a location where he would encounter this uh, Samaritan woman, it really wasn't supposed to happen, if you will. Like Due to circumstances, they took an unlikely route. It was kind of like a plan B, if you will, most likely. And we learned from that that, you know, God can use you in every location in your life. It might be plan B to you, but, it might, it, but God has got a plan A for wherever you are in every encounter in life. And your plan B just might be a divine appointment. We also saw that Jesus was willing to break through multiple cultural boundaries, some that had existed for centuries, and that the racism and nationalism that said we don't even speak to Samaritans was something that that Jesus just broke right through. And that this pressure, it was multiplied by the fact that Jesus is a religious leader, he's a single man, they don't talk to women in public in that culture in that time, Um, and, and Jesus is helping us see the fallacy of cultural boundaries And that those boundaries would hold us back from sharing the good news. There should be nothing that holds us back. Just like that song we sang today, this relentless love of God. If he's going to tear down every wall and climb up every mountain to show his love to us, when we share the gospel with people, there shouldn't be these flimsy uh, cultural walls and, and our own fears to hold us back from sharing the kind of love that can transform people's lives. Amen? All right, so today we're going to jump back into the story. John chapter 4, we're going to pick it back up in verse 7 and read through verse 12. It says, When the Samaritan woman came to draw water, Jesus said to her, Will you give me a drink? His disciples had gone into town to buy food. The Samaritan woman said to him, You're a Jew, and I'm a Samaritan woman. How can you ask me for a drink? 
for Jews don't associate with Samaritans. Jesus answered, answered her, If you knew the gift of God and who it is that asks you for a drink, you would have asked him and he would have given you living water. Sir, the woman said, you have nothing to draw with and the well is deep. Where are you going to get this living water? Are you greater than our father Jacob who gave us this well and drank from it himself, as did also his sons and his livestock? Remember, uh, we shared last week that in John's gospel, the way that he writes this masterpiece of a letter or of a, a narrative talking about what happened in the days of Jesus, he writes it in a way where there's this consistent message where we aren't really getting what's going on. Like the, the people who are around Jesus, they're not really, it's kind of almost like a thick-headedness, like it's not really getting through. They're wanting to talk about natural things and Jesus is like, no, I'm talking about something d- deeper. And, and we consistently miss what Jesus is trying to say. Jesus uses this phrase that was common and known to them. He says, living water. He says, I can give you living water. Water. Now, if you and I heard living water, we would think that's an odd phrase. But actually, to them, that was a normal phrase that would have described like a creek or a spring. It was water that was moving. That's why they called it living, is because it was moving, right? People preferred in that day to get their water from these sources, a spring or like a moving creek. The reason is, is because it's just a lot less work than going to a well and going all the way down and drawing water out. And so if they had a great source of moving water, a spring or a creek, they're like, yeah, I want that. And so when Jesus is saying to her, listen, I've got living water, it, all kinds of natural things are going on in the Samaritan woman's mind. And if you, if you will, she's a little bit confused by what he is saying because she's thinking in the natural, which is exactly what you and I would do, right? And this is, in my mind, like this is what's going on in her mind. She's sitting there thinking, okay, you're sitting by a well, Jesus, that is deep, and you've got nothing to draw with, right? You say, Jesus, that you have living water, but you're here, not wherever this supposed source of living water is. Now, Jesus, I'm from around here, and you're not. Where do you think you're going to get this living water, this moving water? You know, obviously, you want me to ask, right, Jesus? So you want me to ask, so here it goes. Where am I going to get this living water? And by the way, Jesus, you know, you are, are you better than our patriarch Jacob from centuries ago who dug this well and gave it to us? Are you greater than our father Jacob, the one who provided us the well? Do you see what Jesus did right there? And of course, the answer is yes! Yes! Exactly! Isn't Jesus so smart? It's like he asked the right question. All these things are going through her mind and she lands on, are you better than Jacob? Yes, he is better than Jacob. Jesus is greater. He is better. He's he's greater than your earthly father. He's greater than your forefathers. He's greater than our forefathers. He's greater than the patriarchs, right? He's better than Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob. He is better and he will provide you a better source, a better source of life. Here's my question for you today. Whatever you are searching for, whatever hole in life that you are trying to fill, whatever it is that you are yearning for, God has what you truly need. And Jesus is who you truly need. 
And when I say that, you know, a lot of times in our lives, when we feel an emptiness or we feel like there's, there's something missing, there is this natural drive in us to get it fulfilled, right? Like if I'm thirsty, what am I going to go do? I'm going to go get something to drink, right? Like it's a natural process in life. We're wired that way. But a lot of times we can use substitutes for things that Jesus is supposed to fill. There used to be an old kids video that I'm sure they probably didn't watch on Sunday mornings where it talked about, you know, um, life without Jesus. It was a little song. Life without Jesus is like a donut. Like a donut. Like a donut. Imagine I'm singing this right now. <laughs> life without Jesus is like a donut because there's a hole in the middle of your heart. Isn't that cute? But so true. The thing is, we can be yearning for things in our lives, and we can use substitutes to try to get that fulfillment. We can use our careers and try to use success or achievements to, to try to fill that place in our lives. We can, we, can, we can look at maybe our spouse and say, you are the one who's supposed to fulfill this thing in my life. Or you can, you can turn your attention to a hobby or to something in your life that you just like you want to do, and you live to do whatever, fill in the blank, right? Or maybe it's a relationship and you are seeking out a relationship to fulfill something in your life. And I want to tell you today, that draw, that desire, that thing that you are searching for is Jesus. There is something about the way that he meets you and fulfills you. And when he brings the other things in your life, they fit. But the problem is when we yearn and when we seek after and when we have this kind of drive, hunger, thirst, this desire to have something, it be, can easily become an idol. And sometimes they're good things, but what has to happen is we have to have the, the better thing first. Because really, he needs to be the source, and he needs to be the ultimate fulfillment. There's a natural thing inside of us that wants something better or wants something more. We understand that search for better, right? Because we live in like a marketing world. Do y'all remember the days when you, when you wanted water, and you went to your cabinet, and you got a cup, and then you turned on the faucet? right? Y'all remember those days? Some of y'all still do that at home, right? A lot of us remember when this was not a thing, right? Right? I mean, I remember uh, I saw a television show that looked back once and it was like, you know what? Uh, We're going to sell bottled water. I mean, back in the day, it was like, you're going to bottle something that's free and sell it to me? No. No, I'm going to get a cup. I'm going to... Old school right here. Woo, woo, woo. Woo, woo, woo. Like, there we go. But now, nice and handy, ready to go, right? We got to have, we need something better. We need some water. You know, um, we named this uh, series Smart Water, just kind of, you know, having fun with it. And, you know, there is something called Smart Water. And uh, Smart Water, again, is, is one of these things where they're selling a better product, Right? Right? So this is my this is what I am typically drinking, okay, which is the cheapest bottled water that you can find at the store, right? But if you want to be better and you want to be smarter, you can get smart water, right? And now don't get me wrong, I'm all for smart water. I think it's it's phenomenal. I, I had to 
because, you know, I was researching the Bible, you know, to share this message with you and all that. I thought I should research smart water. So I've done the homework for you. And smart water, it really is better. Let me tell you the reason why. Now, first of all, a little tongue in cheek, I want to tell you like the process that they go through. So they take water. Shall I say water? I'm going to come back to that. They take water, evaporate it, condense it, then they do um, precipitation, and guess what it becomes? Right. That didn't elude me. Now, apparently in this whole process, they get rid of impurities and things like that, which I think is phenomenal. But I think it's just kind of fun that they take water and they make water out of it. Um, and then they add all kinds of cool things in it and electrolytes and things like that. And the pH balance, it's alkaline. And like it, it is like all these things. And I went to the, the bottom of the page where it told me all the amazing things about this water. Did you know that it is sugar-free? Mm. It has zero calories, zero sodium. This is on the website. Gluten-free, fluoride-free, no artificial flavors, no artificial color, no, colors. And wait for it, no GMOs. Smart water. You know, it's funny. Elizabeth and I were coming back from Williamsburg last night, and uh, we stopped in a, um, uh, a uh, the Oilville uh, gas station. Uh, it used to be a BP. I don't know if it's a BP anymore. I run in there to get my smart water, and I, I put the smart water on the counter, and there's two ladies working behind the counter. I said, how you all doing? You know, nice, friendly Southern. And they said, oh, we're just living the dream here, you know? It's like, it's like okay, these two are in a mood, Right? Get, kid you not, one of them's name is Laverne, and I went to bed last night going, is the other one Shirley? And is there, is there like a chocolate conveyor belt like with candies that they're all working on in the back? Some of us are too young to know what I'm talking about there. Oh, it's I Love Lucy. See, I'm mixing. I'm mixing. Thank you, honey. That's I Love Lucy. Very good. We'll have to cut that out and edit it all out. Just kidding. So... I put the smart water on there, and they're like, yeah, we're living the dream here. And they went, smart water? Huh, that must make you smarter. And I'm like, well, Lord, I mean, I'm going to take this opportunity. I said, well, actually, it's for a sermon illustration tomorrow. I'm talking about the woman at the well with Jesus. There's a few other people in, and the lady leans over to me, and she goes, tell me more. I haven't been to church in a long time. And I was like, all right, Jesus, here we go. Here we go. Didn't have my notes or anything, right? And I just started to say, well, you know, Jesus was at this well with a Samaritan woman, and he wasn't even really supposed to talk about the, to her because of some racial things and stuff like that. But he went ahead and talked to her and talked to her about how he had better water and things like that. And she's just a little overwhelmed, and then she realizes I'm breaching. And, I, you know, it's just a little, and she looks at me, and she just goes, thank you. <laughs> And I could tell by the body language, it was time for me to go, because I'm ready. <laughs> I'm ready to close, um, but I you know, respected it. And I'm walking out, and this other guy who was next to me in, in the other line, he walks out and he goes, people don't know how good God is, do they? And I was like, <laughs> all the time, all the time. <sighs> Lord bless Laverne. I mean... I tell you what, see, the thing is, people are hungry. They're not just hungry, they're hungry. You know what I'm talking about? People are hungry. And you know, we just have to be willing 
to talk about this Jesus. And, and you know, the reality is um, we all want better. I think we're wired that way, right? And there is there's something in us that, that craves the better. But y'all, the thing is, is Jesus, he is the only one who can truly satisfy our needs. A relationship with God is the only thing that can truly satisfy our needs. And, and it's because He is our Creator. And He created us to know Him and to walk with Him. And He has all these good plans and all of these good purposes and so much good for us, but they're found in Him. And the challenges in life so many times, we're going to our own wells and we're seeking our own sources and we're trying to fill our own needs. And we know there's something there that's missing and God knows that there's something there that's missing. But He needs you to come to Him so that He can be your source rather than you be the fulfiller of your own needs with your own uh, seeking out and your own fulfillment and your own like you know going out to get it yourselves jeremiah 2 13 says this my people have committed two sins they have forsaken me listen to this the spring of living water y'all this was written centuries before jesus is at the well let me read that to you again my people have committed two sins they have forsaken me the spring of living water and they have dug their own cisterns Broken cisterns that cannot hold water. And y'all, that is what our lives are like apart from Jesus. That's what our lives are like when we take matters into our own hands. We are digging our own cisterns and they don't hold water and they will not fulfill, but Jesus has something better. And he goes on in verse 13 to tell this dear Samaritan woman more about this living water. Jesus answered, everyone who drinks of this water will be thirsty again. But whoever drinks of the water I give them will never thirst. Indeed, the water I give them will become a spring of water welling up to eternal life. The woman said to him, Sir, give me this water so I won't get thirsty and I won't have to keep coming here to draw water. You see what John did there again? It's like she's getting it but not really getting it, right? But that's us. We're the Samaritan woman, right? We're, we, that's us. And see, in the previous chapter, what happened is in John chapter 3, Jesus tells Nicodemus, you must be born again. And he goes on to explain it, and he says, you need to be born of the Spirit. And throughout the book of John, Jesus explains that he is going to go, you know, he's going to give his life up for us, but that he will send the Holy Spirit. And when he is talking about this living water that he is going to give us, he is talking about the Holy Spirit who's going to well up within us and produce life. And, and take us into eternity. Y'all, that is good news, is it not? Now, I want to I give you a theological verse because this whole idea of Jesus has living water for us and that this living water, now I'm going to change my, my verbiage, right? Jesus has the Holy Spirit, His Holy Spirit for us, and that Holy Spirit is going to give us life, that He's going to well up and give us life into eternity, right? Romans chapter 8, verse 10 says this. But if... If Christ is in you, then even though your body is subject to death because of sin, the Spirit gives life. The Spirit gives what? Gives life because of righteousness. 
And if the Spirit, I just love this verse. And if the Spirit who raised Christ from the dead is living in you, He who raised Christ from the dead will also give life to your mortal bodies because the Spirit who lives in you. Y'all, life is found in God. Real living is found in following Christ. He puts His Spirit, the Spirit of the living God, in us. You can't deserve it. You can't earn it. You can only repent and receive it. You can only turn to God and say, I receive what you have. If you don't think you're good enough, you're right. And you're never going to be good enough. But He is good enough and He can put His Spirit in you. You just have to turn to Him. You just have to cry out to Him because He wants to put His presence and His power and His authority, His Spirit in you more than you even want it. His intention has always been to be that close to you that he would put his presence and his spirit in you. And that means with his spirit in you, that means that we should should talk to him often. With his Holy Spirit in you, that means we should ask of him often. That means that we should worship him often. It means that he is that, that he is right there. It means that he, his power is right there with you, that his comfort, the Holy Spirit's comfort is right there with you, and that the life, the life that you need for your mortal body, the life and encouragement you need to face the day, the life and the strength and the wisdom, he is right there with you if you have called upon Jesus and made him your Savior. God treats us so much better than we deserve. I keep thinking about this story. And I keep thinking about how Jesus is sitting at the well. And this lady comes up, this Samaritan woman, who we talked about last week. Like He's not supposed to talk to her. Like He's breaking every rule. And I'm looking at this story, and I'm thinking, how does he not? How does he not talk to her? You know what I'm talking about? Like, it would have been so easy to just let her come and let her go and it never make it in the Scripture. But there's something about who our Jesus is. It's just like he couldn't. He just, hey, will you give me some water? And this whole thing, we're going we're gonna to go back into it again next week, go, go, go further into this Scripture. But like, how does he not talk to her? And I want to tell you t- today that if you, if you have not, given your life over to Christ. Do it right now. Give Him your life. There, if you are hungry for change in your life, turn your life over to Christ. Do it today. Just abandon yourself to Him. Not, not, not I'll try it out. Like 100%, just jump in with both feet. He gave His whole life for you. Jump in with both feet. If, you, if, if life has left you thirsty, turn your life over to Christ. He loves you and he gave his life up for you. And, there's, and nothing you have done can block this relentless love that he has from you. There's nothing that you can done, there's, have done. There's nothing that you can th- think of. There's nothing that you have. You, you may have known the Lord and turned away from the Lord. There's nothing that can hold you back from this love that God has for you. And I want to tell you today, if you're in that place today and you want to make a decision to follow Jesus, I want to know about it. If you're in the in-person service, don't leave this place without talking with me. If you're online, um, I, we want to know about it. Go to victorychristian.church and click on 
next steps. Uh, and I, we're going to reach right back out to you and rejoice with you. I want to tell you today, if you are a believer and you are in a place in life where you are craving and you are trying to fulfill something in your life and you are not putting the Lord first in that fulfillment, I want to encourage you today to change the way you're thinking about it today. It's so easy for us to get caught up with things that we crave and that we need. And it may be something that you really do need. And it may be something that's good. Not, not everything we crave is evil, right? Like, there are some things, but how we receive them and who provides for them makes the difference between an idol and receiving the blessings of God. We can't worship the blessing and we can't be pursuing the blessing. The blessing comes from knowing Him. He is our sure reward. He is the one who provides and He's the one who wants to meet the needs of your soul and the needs of your heart. If you have this craving, maybe there's somebody in your life today, they're not living up to your expectation. Well, guess what? They're broken. But you know who's not broken? Jesus. Maybe in your work, something is not panning out the way that you want to in your career. Or there's something that hasn't shifted. It hasn't happened. Or there's, there's some dynamic that is bothering. Well, you know what? It's broken. But you know who's not broken? The Lord is not broken. And the thing, if we start with Him, we're going to be all right. And I just want to encourage you today, if you are trying to fill something, turn it over to Jesus and let Him provide you the better. Can I pray with you today? Let's take a moment and let's close in prayer. Father, we love you today. And we thank you, God, that you are a God that, that hears us and that cares for us. God, for those today who are turning their lives over to you, Jesus, we rejoice in that monumental, so important decision. And we pray that those who are turning their lives over to you today, Jesus, oh God, we thank you for them and may your Holy Spirit fill them. And Lord, may there be a beginning of a new life in you. God, for, for us, those of us who, Lord, we've already turned our lives over to you, but God, we are trying to fill something. But Lord, we are using the wrong things or God, we're trying to do it on our own. God, we lay those things down. First, God, we lay down the desire because we can't let the desire overshadow you. And Lord, we come and we bring our hearts to you and we just say, God, we, we trust you. We trust your ability to fulfill us. We trust your ability to take care of us. And God, we find ourselves in you first. Lord, for those of us, maybe there's an idol. Lord, something that has, has crowded out you out in an area. Lord, right now, we just cast that thing down and we just say, God, we put you in the first place. Jesus, we thank you. Thank you for your Holy Spirit. We thank you for your presence. We thank you for how good you are. We love you and worship you. It's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. Amen. Bless today. Thanks again for listening. If you'd like to connect with us, or if you'd like to know how you can give, go to Victory Christian. Dot church. Have a great day.